I promised a message from Psalm 103, and we are going to be reading the first five verses of Psalm 103 this morning. There's a hymn that we're going to sing after the message in just a bit called Count Your Blessings. You've probably heard of it, Count Your Blessings. You know, even secular psychology tells us that people who are thankful, people who are counting their blessings in life, are happier. They just seem to be better off. They even tend to be healthier on average, all things considered. And, and of course, you know, the Bible all over the place calls us to give thanks. Uh, we know that. Certainly, if we've been a Christian for a long time, even if you're a new believer just starting to get into God's Word, you can't avoid hearing that call constantly. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's tough to be thankful. Sometimes life gets us down. Sometimes we don't feel the blessings. I'm not talking about now. It's not too hard to feel thankful when we got all of these guys helping us out, the beautiful music, uh, we're all together. You know, I'm, I'm talking about when you're, when you're all alone, sitting in your house or, or your condo sometime. I'm talking about after a phone call, uh, maybe from your doctor with news that you don't want to hear. I'm talking about when you're, not, when you're not feeling it. Well, Psalm 103 comes in and can give us some great help in all of this. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon says that as in the lofty Alps, you know, the Alps, the mountains, some peaks rise above the others. So even among the lofty psalms, there are heights of song that overtop the rest. Some psalms just stand out above the rest, though they're all awesome. Well, Psalm 103 is one of those types of psalms. It's traditionally read after the Lord's Supper, after communion. You know the old language, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. We get that song that we love so much, bless the Lord, O my soul, that came out a couple years ago. That's right from Psalm 103. And what we're going to do is we're just going to focus on the first five verses to help us count our blessings this Thanksgiving day. And not just today, hopefully in the, in the week to come as well. And we're going to see three steps to help us do that. But first, listen to God's word. Psalm 103, the first five verses. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. How can you be thankful today and every day? How do you count your blessings? First of all, start with this. Tune your heart. Tune your heart. The first two verses are about preparing our hearts. These lovely instruments had to be tuned to prepare to play all these songs. You know, they, they didn't just show up when, when everybody else did. They got here early, they practiced. 
You see that harp? How many strings are on that harp, Sydney? Do you know? Like 40. Every single one of those strings had to be tuned so that that instrument and her song would be beautiful. Olivia plays the oboe. Olivia is my oldest, and so does her friend Emily sitting next to her. If there's an instrument that needs preparing before playing it, well, the, pretty hard to beat the harp, but the oboe is notoriously finicky. Everything has to be just right. That reed, which is so important, it's so very touchy, it has to be soaked and kept moist between songs. So a lot of times, like I, I tried to talk to Olivia beforehand, but that reed was in her mouth. Well, it had to be. In fact, a lot of people that play oboe learn to make their own reeds, which is a very time-consuming, detailed, touchy endeavor. Well, as every instrument needs to be tuned to play it, our hearts need to be tuned to praise. They need to be tuned to count our blessings. And that's what's going on in those first two verses. Praise the Lord, O my soul. The psalmist is like, you know, I don't know about everybody else in the world, but I'm going to praise Him. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being praise His holy name. Nothing half-hearted here. It's all that's within me. And then it's repeated, funny enough, in verse 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul. It's exactly what he already said. Why is it repeated? There has to be a reason. The Holy Spirit makes no mistakes in the Word of God. Well, sometimes we need to really stir ourselves up. He repeats it. Come on, my soul. Let's do this. Our hearts, my heart, and you know your heart, our hearts can be finicky. Our hearts can be directed in ways they shouldn't be, and so we've got to tune them. Get ready. It's, like, it's sort of like you know, you're maybe looking in the mirror because you you're heading into an interview and you're really nervous. You know, sometimes you've got to like give yourself a pep talk. So you look in the mirror and say, all right, Greg, let's do it. You're a winner, buddy. Let's go out there and make a difference. It's like, okay, my soul. All right, my soul. Let's do it. It's time to praise the Lord. We take time to prepare for so much in life, for a test in school, for a presentation at work, and, and you think preparation is needed for an amazing Thanksgiving dinner? Just a little bit of preparation. Now, why wouldn't we think we'd need some preparation to praise our God when we know our hearts, our souls, can be sort of lukewarm, slumbering, focused on other things? Spurgeon says it's shameful not to prepare to give anything less than our all in praise to our God. So let's think about that. You know, when we come in to worship like this, we don't roll out of bed and, and groggily walk in the door. We prepare to praise Him. We get a decent night's sleep. We have a good breakfast. Maybe we read some of God's Word before we show up to worship or listen to worship music in the car on the way. Prepare to worship. We tune our hearts to praise so our praise can be as beautiful before God as the music of all these instruments who prepared this morning. Second step 
to counting your blessings. Name them one by one. And that's exactly what the psalmist does next. He lists a number of blessings. He writes at the end of verse 2, first of all, forget not all his benefits. And the truth is, we've got to name them, we've got to list them, or we will forget. If you don't have a list of what you need when you go into the grocery store, you will go home and find out you forgot something. Am I right about that? You will forget something if you don't make that list. Sometimes people's memories, we can hold on to some of of the, the trash and the junk in our past rather than all the treasures. Sometimes the way our hearts and minds work, we can hold tightly in our memory to those times that we were hurt. Or, or, or holding tightly in our memory to that, that struggle, and we get kind of stuck there, and then we let all of the blessings kind of slip away out of our memory. We forget, and, and so we've got to go back and deliberately think and remember and name the blessings so we don't forget a single one of the gracious ways that God has dealt with us. The psalmist focuses here on the core blessings that every believer in Jesus has. Number one, in order and in importance, the forgiveness of our sins in verse 3. He forgives all your sins. Our sins, which created an eternal separation from God, they are forgiven through the death and resurrection of Jesus our Savior. This is our greatest blessing. The reason it is, is because it meets people's greatest need. You've maybe heard this before. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure... God would have sent us an entertainer, but our greatest need was and is forgiveness. And so God sent us a Savior, Jesus Christ. And he forgives all your sins, friends, for Jesus' sake. He forgives the big ones, the ugly ones, the secret ones, the the sins you thought the sins you spoke, the good things you failed to do, and there's a lot of those, the bad stuff you did, there's a lot of those, all your sins, all means all. If we get a picture first of a judge forgiving our sentence, the next blessing in the psalm is the picture of a doctor. He heals all our diseases. When you're sick and unwell, it's so important to have a good doctor. One who cares about you, or at least you feel like he or she cares. One who is skilled, one that you have confidence in. And you think about this, as believers, each and every hour of each and every day, we are under the care of our heavenly physician. Through the Holy Spirit, He daily visits us. 
He tends to your needs. No disease of your soul baffles him. Nothing is beyond his expertise. Nothing that you're going through. He heals us day by day, and he's going to continue to heal us until one day that last taint of sin is gone from us when we enter glory, and we will be completely whole, heart, soul, mind, body, fully cured and whole forever. Praise the Lord, O my soul, says David, the psalmist, and so do we. A third blessing on the list, this is verse 4, he redeems your life from the pit. Christ, our substitute, went down to the pit of destruction when he died on the cross so that we wouldn't have to. He crowns us with love and compassion. He satisfies our desires with good things. And so he names these core blessings one by one. And we're called to do that too. These blessings that we all share together, every one of you in Jesus has the blessings here Think about the ones that are individual to you. Take some time today to share them around the Thanksgiving table in the living room when you're sitting around and your bellies are full. Sometime before you pray, make a list. Write down, name those blessings and see if that doesn't encourage your soul to give Him praise in your prayer like never before. Finally, we count our blessings by making our blessings count. How do we do that? How do we make our blessings count? We make the blessings we've counted count by taking one more step. And that step is blessing God and others. That step is praise Praise the Lord is what we're being encouraged to do. First, praise in the church. Praise in worship like we're blessed to do today. Praising the Lord is our number one goal as we gather in worship. It's not so much about us as it is about Him and giving praise to His holy name for who He is, for what He's done. The praise that we do here spills over to all of our living. You can praise Him and thank Him, not just in the church, but in the words you say to your loved ones, the words you say to a stranger you meet on the street. You can praise Him as you give help to those in need. You can praise Him by being a hard worker. You praise Him by giving of yourself and what you have to help build up the kingdom of God. You can praise Him by being a faithful spouse or a committed friend. We make our blessings count when we go out from the church and live a life of praise. We can have lives like that because of the transforming power of our God that the end of verse 5 refers to. He says, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The eagle is one of the most majestic, powerful, amazing birds. The psalmist uses this picture to describe what our lives can be 
as we count our blessings and praise His name in the church and beyond. Charles Spurgeon thinks that David talks about youth and being renewed like the eagle because eagles molt. And then after that annual molting, the eagle looks all fresh and young again. I don't know much about eagles, but I do know that in Jesus Christ, God works incredible changes in our lives. I know that in Jesus, God renews us. Sinners become saints. Ingrates become thankful people. Unbelievers become people of faith. Hopelessness turns to hope. Where there was despair, now there's joy in life. In Jesus, we are transformed into people of praise and thanksgiving. People who bless God's holy name. How can you be a person who's thankful? How can you count your blessings? Yes, here in the church, like we did this morning, that's important. But even in those other times, when, when it's hard, and life, life can be hard, well, through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, He helps us to tune our hearts, to name our blessings, and to make our blessings count by living a life of praise every day in the church, among God's people, and everywhere we go. Amen.